Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Series. It's called Behold, and we're looking at the divine encounters that happened at Christmas. And so over the next three to four weeks, we're going to be looking at that. And we're looking at the Christmas story from three different points of view, POVs. Did anyone on social media see those, those social media posts where they say POV, and then they say something? Well, that's what we're doing this year. We're doing points of view. We're going to look at Mary the mother of Jesus, which is today. We're going to look at Joseph, the non-biological father of Jesus, which Pastor Gabby will be sharing a message on next Sunday. Make sure you're here. It's going to be a great message. And then we will look at the group of shepherds as well. All these characters had behold moments, behold moments, divine encounters with God that changed their lives. And they experienced uh, angelic or divine encounters, uh, revelations, visitations that left them at times, maybe apprehensive, maybe fearful, maybe uncertain, maybe questioning, uh, having some uh, questions around their life. And also, for some of them, facing a future that was maybe different than what they thought their future might be. And across the weeks of this series, we're going to ask two questions in each of our messages. The questions we're going to ask are, what does this divine encounter Uh, Sorry, what does this divine encounter reveal about the person? So today, reveal about Mary and also reveal about ourselves. And then we're going to also ask the question, what does this divine encounter reveal about God? The scriptures reveal things about God. So what can we learn about God? And and the thought is this, that 2,000 years ago, people had an encounter with God. And 2,000 years later, today, in 2023, we too can have divine encounters with God in this Christmas season as we lean in to what it is that He is doing. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank You today that we've come to meet with You, come to have a divine encounter with You, God. I thank You through our worship this morning. We've already experienced Your presence, Holy Spirit. I pray that right now that You would continue to speak to us through the Scriptures and through Your Word, Lord God, that at this time of the year that we might, Lord Jesus, encounter you and then go out as Lee was just expressing then and share generously our faith with other people that they may encounter you as well, Father God. And so we thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, come on, everyone said, turn to the person next to you and say, it is great to be in church this morning. Hey, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Gabby and I went out to a restaurant for dinner with a, with a friend, and it was a restaurant called Asado, and it's in South Yarra on South Bank, and it's an Argentinian restaurant. And so it's uh, Argentinian food, and um, they do a lot of meats. And so if you're a vegetarian here this morning, it's probably not a place for you, but if you like to eat meat, it's a great place to go. And so we went there, and um, what it does is it does kind of like shared plates. So what you do is you order a whole heap of different shared plates, you put them in the middle, and you kind of like feast together eating these different dishes. And so we had like uh, chicken and pork and steak and we had some salads and stuff which they're not really that important you know the meat's the good stuff and and but before we did that we had entrees and one of the entrees that was chosen was oysters any oyster fans here this morning a few oyster fans well I don't eat seafood and I definitely don't eat slimy snot looking seafood 
right? It's not, I don't eat that kind of seafood. But anyway, the, the, Gabby and the, our other friend who was with us, they, they had the, um, the, the oysters and, and they, they really liked them. They thought they were amazing. In fact, our friend said, these oysters are divine. So divine that, that they ordered some more. It was like, how much is this going to cost me? It's like, uh, anyway, they, they, they add some more oysters and um, Gabby and, and, and our friend of ours, uh, they really enjoyed them. I didn't have any of those oysters because I don't, I don't really get down with the oysters. D- divine is an interesting word. It's an interesting word. It's a word that we probably don't use that often. But when we do use it, we don't really often use it in the true context of the meaning of what the word is. Like we say things like the food was divine, the oysters were divine. We say things like the hotel was divine or, or the trip that I went on was divine. Or we say things like he or she is divine. I mean, you're allowed to say that about your husband or your wife, you know, it's just divine. What we're really saying is, is that, you know, it's that saying that we have so good. Like the food was so good or he or she is so good or, or, or all those types of things. Uh, the hotel was so good. But the word divine means of God. The word divine actually means of God. So in this series, when we're talking about divine encounters, we're not talking about encounters that were so good. We're talking about encounters that were of God. And they changed people's lives. They made a difference. They, they did something that happened in their lives. Uh, question this morning, have you ever had a divine encounter? Have you ever had a moment of God happen in your life? I, I look back at a moment that I had that was a divine encounter. We were at a conference, my wife and I, uh, Gabby, and we were uh, at this conference. There was a thousand other people there. Uh, the guest speaker came up to preach. He, he preached a message. I still remember what the message was titled. The message was titled, The Writing is on the Wall. Uh, the writing is on the wall. And as he, as he spoke that message, as he shared that sermon, it, it just pierced my heart. It was like God was directly speaking to me through this man and it pierced my heart and I had a divine encounter in that moment that over many years God would work out in my life so that I would change from an attitude that was always said throughout my whole life. I never, ever, ever, never, never, ever, 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 never want to be a pastor to having a heart that said, God, yes, here I am. Let it be. I surrender my will to you. I want to be obedient to call upon my life. A divine encounter. A divine moment. And not, in, not all divine moments are like that. They can be divine moments like Lee shared this morning where she feels something impressed upon her heart to realize she has now found her family here in Australia. But they may be life-changing, they could be huge or they could be small, but I'm sure all of us, if we looked back, could say there have been divine moments, moment of God in my life that I've experienced. So this morning, let's get on to our first divine moment this Christmas. It's Mary's behold moment. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke 1, 26. The scriptures will be on the screen behind me. It says this, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man called Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. Isn't that a great word to get from God? Highly favoured. The Lord is with you. This is interesting. But Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Scriptures tell us that Mary was troubled 
And perhaps if we were visited too by an angel, we might be troubled as well. Uh, Every encounter I read in the Bible of when an angel comes or when someone encounters an angel, it means that something big is about to happen. And when you read those encounters, either two things happen to that person. Something really good happens in their life or sometimes something really bad happens in their life. So Mary is probably wondering, what is this reason for this angel coming to see me? She's probably even wondering, am I really seeing an angel here? Am I imagining this right now? So she, she wonders these things. She, she's a little bit troubled. Why has this angel appeared to me? What's about to happen? The angel continues in verse 30, and the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. This morning, I don't know what your circumstances of life are, what you're going through this morning. I believe the scriptures would encourage us. God would encourage us. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, he said, for you you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And all of his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? Here's the answer to the wonder that she had. He says to her, you will conceive and bear a son. He will be called Jesus. He will be great. He will be the son of the most high. And this is amazing. This is incredible. This this is the Messiah that has been promised for so long. This is a divine moment in history. The promised one is coming. What does Mary say? She says, how will it be? And I think a lot of us, when we've encountered divine moments with God, the question that we ask also is, how will it be? We ask God, how will this, will this happen? You know, when a divine moment happens, uh, we want to know how things are going to work out. We want to know when God will, will action His plan. We want to know what, what will happen with God's plans for our lives. Well, Mary asks that and the angel asks, answers her, but he gives her a bit of a strange answer. He says to her in verse 35, the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren for nothing will be impossible with God. The angel says the Holy Spirit will come upon you. We've just spent uh, uh, four weeks in a series called Powerhouse, looking at the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon our lives. If you missed those messages, I really want to strongly encourage you, get onto the podcast or the YouTube and, and listen to them. But, but, but the Holy Spirit coming upon our lives spiritually. But here says that Mary is going to give birth to a baby, even though she's a virgin. Sounds a bit weird to me. Like a bit strange, like real church, like, yeah, like if, if someone rocks up tomorrow and says, I'm pregnant because of the Holy Spirit, we're going to be like, I'm not sure about that, right? I'm not sure about that, you know, this is a bit strange. This is wild for Mary. This is wild for her. What does Mary say? Mary says, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. 
Wow, what a, what a response from Mary in that situation. What, what were the responses of Mary to this behold moment, this divine encounter? First, she was troubled. She wondered. She asked the question, how? And then she arrived at, let it be. Troubled, wondered, how, let it be. The first three responses of being troubled, of wondering how it's going to work out, of asking the question, how, can I say this morning, they're all natural responses. Can I say this morning that they're all the kind of responses that we have? You know, in living a faith-filled life, it still means that at times we're going to have normal human responses to situations that happen in our life. Right? Being spirit-filled doesn't mean we don't have the, 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 the troubles, the wonders, the hows that we ask of God. God says something to us. We say, God, I don't know about this. God, I, I'm a little perplexed by what you're saying. God, how will this work out in my life? What's, what's this all about? How's it going to happen? Can I say this morning, it's okay to ask or to say those things. But, but... After we've had those initial human responses, trouble, wondering, how, after we've had those initial responses to God, the important thing is what is then the follow-up response to Him? How do we then respond to God after that? See, how we respond after those initial human responses is so important. See, whenever we encounter the divine, there is always a significance to our response. How did Mary respond? She said, let it be. The most powerful response we can give to God in any divine moment of life is to say to Him, let it be. Is to be obedient to God and say, let it be. Yes, sure, we might start with being a little bit troubled or a little bit anxious about what He said. We might wonder what it all means. We might ask the question, how are you going to do it, God? But sooner or later, we have to come back to God with a let it be. I found the greatest seasons of growth in my life have been the times that I've said to God, let it be. What I've also found is that those times of let it be have sometimes also been the most uncomfortable, have also been the most challenging, have also been the hardest times in my life as well. See, we can respond with let it be, but we can also respond in the negative and say to God, no thanks. We can also say to God, no, I I don't want to do that. I don't want to step into that. I don't want to be obedient to you. We we can do that. Real church this morning, church, real talk. Sometimes I've done that. Sometimes maybe you've done that. We've said no to God. And and in the no, potentially what could happen is we miss what God is looking to do in our lives in that moment. What God is looking to do through us here. Here's what I want to say this morning. We, we may miss what God is wanting to do in our lives, but God's plan is never missed. God will move on to someone else. He will find someone else. He'll find the donkey. He'll find the rocks. He, he can use anyone, but we want to be people that say, let it be. And Mary's response, she says it at that moment, yes, let it be, but it's not a once-off response. Her response of saying to God, let it be, is a continual response. She believes the words of the angel. She dwells on it. She meditates on it. She spends some time seeking God around it. Her her let it be continues to be the confession of her mouth. And so she finds out that her cousin Elizabeth, who is well advanced in her age, is pregnant as well. So she goes to visit her. And on on, on the moment of visiting her and seeing her, she starts to sing a song of praise and response 
to her own behold moment of God. She says this in verse 36 of Luke 1. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of this mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Mary gives praise to God in this moment for her divine encounter. She believes what God has said and she describes herself in four ways. She talks about how God has been mindful of the humble. See, God is of the humble state of his servant. That's talking about herself. She says, God extends his mercy to those who fear him. She fears God. She talks about how God has lifted up the humble. She, talk, she says that God has filled the hungry. You know, Mary's life until now, we don't know a lot about her, but historians would suggest that her life until now has been very ordinary. Nothing extraordinary about her life, just an ordinary life. She's not famous. Her family is not well-known or wealthy. She doesn't come from a significant town or city. The trajectory of her life was not going to be some lofty place. Instead, at, before this moment, it was just going to be a normal, simple life. The normal life, the mundane life. And it seems that she was content with this lot to be married to Joseph and to continue the life that she had before her. So question we're going to ask today, I said this earlier, what does this divine encounter reveal to us about Mary and therefore ourselves? Number one, God saw, sorry, what Mary saw as disadvantage, God saw as an advantage. Come on, turn to someone next to you and say, hey, if you think you've got a disadvantage, God can make it an advantage in your life. See, the way that Mary describes herself, these traits of humility, a simple life, a fear of God, contentment, Mary saw them as a disadvantage. And today, maybe you see those traits as a disadvantage too. See, the world doesn't go out there and promote those type of traits. The world promotes different kinds of traits. It, it, it promotes things such as being proud of yourself, promoting yourself. It talks about living the big life. It says to fear no one or no thing. It, it says things like strive to advance yourself. And the concepts of humility and living a simple life of fearing God and contentment are foreign to so many people. They are not the things that people look for. They are seen as disadvantages in life. But what Mary and perhaps we might think are disadvantages, God saw as an advantage. Humility, contentment, simple life, the fear of God. See, what God did was he worked those attributes in her through the circumstances that she had found herself in. And those circumstances were advantageous for Mary because she found herself producing character that found favor in the sight of the Lord. The situation she went through produced character in her life, if the keys could come. See, some circumstances we go through in life which seem to be a disadvantage, God is able to work it for our advantage. 
Why is it? Because they produce something inside us that God is looking for. If you don't believe me this morning, maybe you believe what the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 5.3. He says this, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope. Hope in what? Not ourselves. Hope in the God that we follow. To the church in Thessalonica, he said this, 1 Thessalonians 5.8, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. How many of us today, maybe is God desiring to do something in our lives through something that might be disadvantaged, a disadvantage, but God is able to turn into an advantage? How many of us are facing circumstances and challenges in our lives at this time that, we, we, that, we're, that we're not happy about, but we don't realize that God can use it to produce something in our lives that will produce fruit for us? See, it may be a situation or event that you've previously seen as an obstacle that might just be what God will use in your life. God never misses the opportunity to use pain in our lives to produce something that one day we can look at and say, God, I thank you. You were there at that time. I thank you for what you have revealed to me in that season, what it produced in my life, how it has made me where I am now, how it enables me to step out in faith because I know you've been with me in the nights that you can then take me through the days because you were with me. The other, second question today is, what does Mary's divine encounter reveal about God? It reveals this, God is not limited to human ideas or influence. God is not limited to human ideas and influence. If I was God, I would have chosen to bring Jesus into a much more amazing way into the world. I would have chosen to have Him arrive at the Colosseum and in a big display of power and might with all the heavenly hosts of angels and not to arrive as a baby but to arrive as a fully grown man and to be carrying the sword and the shield and you know kneel or die you know like powerful but God chooses to send Jesus as a baby meek and mild helpless needing parents to look after him see even though Mary was from a small rural village that was by no means a place of influence, God still used her for, her for His glory. And it was good news for Mary and it's good news today for us. God is able to use us no matter our background, our position, our socioeconomic status, our knowledge, our understanding, where we live, God can still use us. 1 Corinthians 1.27, God chose what was foolish in the world to shame the wise. Isaiah 55, 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God has a way of doing things that we don't comprehend, that we don't understand, because He's not limited to human ideas or influence. See, there is a God hope that we have, that we carry, 
that we know there is a God hope that is greater and bigger than anything that we can imagine. And it doesn't mean that everything in our life is going to go honky-dory, is going to be amazing, there's going to be rainbows and lollipops. It means that there might be some challenges that we still have to face. Mary still had some challenges that she had to face, that she had to navigate. But when we embrace God's plan for our life, when we say, let it be, when we do these things like Mary did, we get to play a part in an incredible story that God is still telling today that started thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago before even Christ was born at creation. A story that God, a rich tapestry that God is weaving, a story that we are part of about the redemption of humanity. We've been saved, we've been redeemed and God's story is not limited to the rich, the powerful, the influential, those who have all the abilities, those who have all the gifts, those that the world looks at, the, the, the best looking people, those who the world you know, aspires to be like God says, when you say, let it be, you join my story for humanity. And His story is an amazing story that He has for us. Mary was part of that story and we too get to be part of this story. And so today, as I close, as we maybe close our eyes today, I want to say to us this morning, put your hope in God. Put your hope in God. You know, Mary, she's, in the, she's where she is, you know. She, she's asking how, she's wondering. And there's going to be more of those questions. He sees your situation, but it doesn't limit God. He is more than able to do what He wants to do in your life. The question today is, what is your response to the divine moment? the divine encounters this Christmas that God has for your lives. What is your response? I pray today, Heavenly Father, let the response of our heart be, let it be. Let it be. I pray all over this building and online as people are watching this morning, God, hearts that say, let it be. Hearts that say, God, I've heard you. I hear you, Holy Spirit, your promptings, your leadings. I say, let it be. I say, let it be. You know, today, this week, it might be something big. It might be something life-changing. It might be something just so out of your realm of thinking and comprehension and, and, and ever have dreamt of that God might come to you in a divine moment. It might be as simple as Him saying to you, would you just buy coffee for someone? It might be as simple as you saying to someone that you, that you meet and say, hey, you know what? I just want to let you know that I'm so glad that I met you and, and, and I, want to, I want to know more about you. It could be something as simple as that divine moment where God says, do that. Do that right now. Speak to that person. God, we pray, let it be. Let it be in this Christmas season as we, as we look to your birth. As Jesus said, let it be in heaven and come to earth. Uh, the physical manifestation of God on earth. We, we say, let it be God in our lives. Maybe today God's speaking to you and there's some things where God has asked you to let some things go. Let it be God. Let it be in my life. Let me hand those over to you. Let me lay them down at your feet. Maybe today God's asked you to step out in faith. Let it be God. Let it be today in this place. I pray men and women across this room today, God, wherever they might be, I, I, I believe every one of us is having divine moments with God, moments of God through our week, through our week, day by day, as the months go, there's divine moments that we're encountering. I pray, Jesus, just as Mary 
said, let it be. Yeah, sure, there might be some questions. We might be, have some, some things about how, but God, let it be. Let it be. This morning, if you're in this place, if you're watching on the live stream, if you're listening on the podcast, maybe this morning, you've never said the, the first let it be to God. That's the let it be of saying, God, come and be my Saviour. Come and be my Lord. See, there's a, there's a first step that we have to make, and that's the decision to say that I want to follow God, that I want to meet Jesus who came on this earth for me, that I want to receive Him as my Lord and Savior. That's the first let it be that we have to say. This morning, if you're in this place and you've never said yes, you've never said, Jesus, let you be my Savior, let you be my Lord. This morning, I want to give you an opportunity to say yes right now. Put your hand up. If you're in this place, you want to put your hand up to say, Bronson, I want to say yes. Let it be. Let it be. I want to know Jesus. I want to give my heart to Him. I believe that He is Lord. I believe that He is Savior. That He died for my sins. That He rose again. Scriptures say if you do this, you will be saved. You'll be saved from an eternity separated from God. You'll be saved from an eternity in a place called hell. You can experience freedom. You can experience new life. You can experience God on this earth and in heaven as well. Let it be. Anyone this morning? I'm going to pray a prayer and I want you to pray it after me. And if you want to invite Jesus into your life, pray with me. Dear Jesus, today I say, let it be. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you, you paid for my sins. You died for me. You rose for me. You make me a new creation. I choose to follow you. In your name, Jesus.